Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. Welcome Welcome to to the the new EDU. Hey everybody, how are you? <laughs> Wade never does the intro. I always try to get him to do the intro for you guys, and he never wants to welcome you for some reason. I do. Everyone's welcome. Welcome to the new EDU there podcast. There we go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yep. That's all I got. Oh, okay. Well, I'll take it from there. <laughs> yeah, he gets mad at me when I'm the one that does all the talking, but you see, I give an opportunity, and opportunity is presented, and... Uh, there it goes. You know what you're good at, and you know what you're not good at. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the new EDU. Like Wade said, everyone, we're so excited to be with you for another week. That means you survived another week. We know that things are just, I wish I could say that they were calming down slash getting easier slash finding a new normal, but I think it is the exact opposite of that. The weather's changing. It's Everything is changing. The weather is changing. School plans are changing. Everything's changing. But... We do have a holiday break coming up that we, we look do. forward to, so that's Always. exciting. All teachers do. So we are so excited just to spend a little bit of time with you guys to encourage you, if nothing else today, because like we said, we know this is a crazy time, especially around the holidays. It's always a crazy time, mixed with a pandemic, all the things, guys. But you are doing it. You are killing it. You are amazing. Just in case you need to be told that today, make sure you're telling yourself that as well. So today's episode, mm-hmm. we're really excited to talk about because this is actually something that we have been kind we, of... We had an epiphany. <laughs> I don't know if it was an epiphany. I think it was. But no, we actually... Um, kind of what brought this today's topic to light is we were spending some time with our friend Brad Chandler. Oh, yeah. Genius. Brilliant. And we really started discussing kind of what is our purpose? What is our intention? Right. What are we trying to do as educators, but also as leaders of Get Your Teach On, also holding platforms where we do provide strategies Mm -hmm. and encourage educators. And so it was really just, I've never, you know, we always say, if you're the smartest one in your circle, you're in the wrong circle. Mm -hmm. And I'm like at the, I'm the low man on the totem pole in my circle. And so especially when we were hanging out with Brad, I was like, wow. Yeah. It wow. Was, he yeah. is smart. When you surround yourself with people who challenge you, then you start really seeing things and getting different perspectives and thinking about things in a different way. And so we really started diving deep into our purpose. And that's kind of what we want to chat with you guys about today. Yeah. Um, because as we are looking at our purpose as educators, what does this mean? And mm-hmm. what are we really trying to do? And what message are we really trying to communicate? And are we doing that effectively? Yeah. And when we started to discuss, like, what is our purpose, I thought it was going to be a, a simple answer because it's the answer that everybody gives. I'm here to serve. Like, as teachers, we're here to serve. We're here to to sacrifice and to give back and to do the best that we can. And as we kept discussing it, we were like, well, I mean, that's that's a lot. That's a good thing, but that, that comes with a lot of 
fires. It comes with a lot of just uh, resentfulness, potentially. It, it comes with a lot of disappointment, and it's very difficult. Yeah. And I, we started thinking, and we're like, well, what, what else is it with servanthood that teaching requires? That makes this job so difficult. Right. And, you know, the thing about servanthood, and that's what we really started exploring was this idea of servanthood, which is what we want to kind of talk about and mm-hmm. dive into a little bit with you guys today is, are you sacrificing your servanthood and are you doing so in a way that might be negative for you, right? Yeah. In a way that might be harming you or what might be causing you to burn out of this profession or what might be causing you to question this profession or what might be causing you to say, I just don't have the energy anymore. Mm-hmm. I just can't do mm-hmm. this. And so the thing about servanthood, any type of servanthood, and we've talked a lot about this, through the years, I've kind of really recognized that, yes, I mean, teaching is a service. We've always right. known that. Yes. And that we're serving students really into finding their purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And any time of type of servanthood comes with a huge deal of sacrifice. Yes. And I think that that's a lot of times what we don't recognize as we are starting to really dive deep into our purpose is the amount of sacrifice that this actually requires. Mm-hmm. We know teachers sacrifice a lot of things, but I don't think that many of us stop and take a step back and say, okay, how is this sacrifice making me a better person? Mm-hmm. Or how is this sacrifice making me a, I don't want to say worse, but how is it harming me in right. a negative how's it, how's way? How is it hurting you? And so I think when we start to really step back and evaluate what our service is, what the purpose of it is, then we can start recognizing things that we can do, again, to make sure that we're using our service to help us rather than to harm us. Yeah, and Every teacher on planet Earth is a servant, no matter what. And it's when, when we started talking about this, we started talking about, well, being a servant is difficult and, and it can definitely harm you. But for a lot of us, we're proud to be servants. Mm-hmm. We're proud to be teachers. We're proud to give back. We're proud to sacrifice. We're proud that it, it takes a lot of effort to do that or we wouldn't be in this profession in the first place. But with that, yes, it comes with a badge of honor, and we're super proud of that. And But with that, it also can be a double-edged sword because we forget what that servanthood actually looks like and what it takes to energize that servanthood to keep it going. And I think that's pretty much where we, we really started having this deep conversation on, okay, yes, every teacher's a servant. But what else drives that servanthood to teach in the first place? And how, in in what way do you serve? Mm -hmm. Because while we're all serving students, the way in which we serve looks and should look completely different. But a lot of times, you know, through college and what the, what society sees teachers as is this one size fits all model, this Mm -hmm. one size fits all servant. And that is there is not a more inaccurate statement because while every teacher, yes, is a servant, the way in which we use our servanthood and how we serve others is is and should be completely different. And so, first of all, what does servanthood look like? Well, in mm-hmm, the world of education, mm-hmm. but really in any servanthood, yeah. it's, to me, putting the needs of others Before above yourself. my own. Yeah. And, and having a goal at the end of the day or at the end of the week or the month, whatever it is, why do you do what you do? Why do you sacrifice yourself? Why do you put yourself in second place instead of first place in this in, in this mission? Right. Yeah. And, and that's you. and that's the key right there. How often are you putting yourself in second or third place 
above other people. If you're putting yourself in second place at school, if you're putting yourself in second place at home, if you're putting yourself in second place in that second or third job that you're having to work, you're never putting yourself first. And guess what? You will burn out, you will get tired, and you will leave this profession because that's what it uh, it's it's inevitable that that is what's going to happen because you're never taking care of yourself and we've talked about taking care of yourself this is this is not a podcast about taking care of yourself but it is a, a podcast about realizing how important you are to be able to be the best servant that you can to these individuals and these people. Yeah, so here's where it's going to kind of get interesting. And I really, if you were listening to this episode, this is kind of a little bit different one mm-hmm. for us. This is really something that we're exploring kind of along with you. And so I would love for you to be involved with this episode, to tag us and let us know your thoughts yes, about what do. we're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so, because I'm curious, like I almost want to do like a field study because I really struggle with these types of questions. And I think that most servants do. Most people people who are serving others in some way and ha- and are working with a servant's heart struggle with these questions. And so when we get into the benefits of serving, as we were sitting there with Brad and we were discussing, yep. um, you know, just what we want, again, our purpose to be, whether it's in our own classroom or whether it is working with educators or whether whatever it may be, we really started discussing, well, what do teachers, what, what, what are the benefits of serving? Meaning, what do teachers need mm-hmm. to really re-energize themselves yeah. when they're pouring so much into others? And I swear to you, it was like crickets. I yeah, was like, it, I don't know. It really was. We, we just sat there for the longest period of time because in our mind, and this is teachers too, in our mind, we think being a servant is selfless. And it is selfless but you still have to get something out of it. In return. In return to keep doing it or amping it, amping it up more. And so we literally sat there, we, we discussed like, what what does fuel us? What what fuels us in the classroom? What fuels us and what we do? And, and, and why do we want to serve? And then we got into the conversation. And so this is just kind of, have you ever sat back and thought to yourself about what you need? Yeah. What you need as, you know, providing this service for others, what you need in return. Have you ever really thought about that? Yeah. And so then we got into the idea, well, do teachers like praise? And, yeah. you know, so many things that we discussed, but do teachers like praise? Do you like to be praised from your administration? Do you like to be praised by kids, by parents? Do you like to be praised in public or in private? We really got into, and it was so hard and for me to really even have this conversation because we think that we should not be expecting anything in return. Right. But the reality is we need. You, you have to have You it. don't necessarily expect something in return, but you need it to that's remain the, driven. And that's, and that's the key. You, you, you don't expect it. I don't think any teacher expects anything in return. But at the end of the day, you, you need to know that, that what you're pouring into is really that 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 seed is really producing fruit in some type of way to acknowledge what you've been in I guess sacrificing for and what you've been working hard to provide other people. But I think if we're able to name what it is that we need in return, mm-hmm. we're going to see it more. Yes, exactly. We're going to see it more. Whether it be, you know what, really what it came down to for Wade and I that it took us a long time and to it, get it, here. It was okay? it was the same thing. And maybe yours is completely different. And that's Ours fine. happened to be the same thing. But when it really boiled down to it, you know, I said, "Well, I feel like teachers and I know. Mm-hmm. I know teachers want 
Mm-hmm. appreciation. Right. They want to be valued. Right. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. Mm-hmm. And so then we got into, again, find people who are smarter than you. And Brad kept questioning us. And he was like, by who? And, by, and who do what you was mean? really cool about Brad, too, is he's not an educator. He's, yeah. he's not a teacher per se. And so he's literally asking us these questions coming from a totally different background, which makes us think even deeper. We really kind of went a little bit deeper into this. And I was like, well, I mean, first of all, it would be amazing to be valued and seen and praised by mm-hmm. the world, by <laughs> parents, by, the you know. Community. But then you have to stop for a second. I really had to stop. And I was like, I, I mean, I don't mean this in a negative way, but it, I'm an honest mm. person. I'm a realist. And that may never happen. Yep, never. And that may, you know, right at the beginning of pandemic, everybody said we deserved a million dollars. That went away so fast. So you got yeah. your moment in the sun, people. Take it, take it for what it is. I was like, we're never going to be able to change that. And so I really had to start digging deep into what is it that I need in return to kind of keep me fulfilled in this in, in this position, in yeah. this act of service. And so we started really thinking back to stories and moments that have stuck with us as educators that was like, man, that's why. Mm-hmm. That's why. And so for both of, both of us, we said, honestly, the greatest return that we can ever receive is, I mean, it was a couple things for me. Yeah. And it wasn't that, you know, a student is ever going to sit me down and say, Miss King, you <laughs> are just the best teacher yeah. because da, 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 da. a lot of kids cannot verbalize. They can't communicate thoroughly what it is that they're expressing their feelings. We're, we're just trying to get them to even be able to yeah, name feelings. Right. But when I have a kid come up to me and just say, Miss King, you're my favorite teacher. Yeah. You're like, you're my favorite teacher. You're my favorite teacher. And, or it doesn't even have to be that. I mean, we even talked about how you can you can do just a different type of lesson than you normally do. It doesn't have to be over the top, but the excitement that you see on their face, yeah. they don't have to verbalize it, but you know. Right. You know that they are loving it and they are just all about it. And that just validates and it and it just shows you as as a human being that, hey, what I did last night, what I did this weekend, staying up, trying to plan, trying to get everything prepared. It was it, worth it. It was worth it. Yeah. It was worth and it. And I don't say that because then there's going to be somebody and y'all can go ahead and come on into my messages and come into my DMs and all the things. It's fine. But there's going to be somebody out there that's like, well, when you say that you want to be somebody else's favorite teacher, you're starting to set up this whole idea of comparison. And mm-hmm. you're compar- No, get, get a life. If that's what you got from this Point equals missed. Like you missed the point completely. For me, though, when, like you said, and it doesn't even have to be in the form of Miss King, you're my favorite teacher. I mean, that's happened to me a good bit and definitely not every student. Okay. So if that's what you need to be happy is that you're going to be every kid's favorite teacher. Well, Mm, now might be be the good time, you know, to go explore other options. And and honestly, you may be their best teacher today, but tomorrow you're not. Exactly. And that's what happens all the time. Exactly. And we Um, all know that. But that's what I really started recognizing that, you know, when I started thinking back to those moments, I'm like, wow, this -hmm. is why I do what I do. But I think that a lot of times as servants and when we serve other people, we're looking for validation in areas that's never going to come to us. Mm -hmm. And that makes us miserable. And that makes us burn out at a faster rate because we're like, we're doing all this work. But why? But why? And this goes even deeper than what is your why, right? This is what do I need to keep me driven into this act of service for other people. And so, you know, again, really evaluating. And I know this is something completely different than we've ever talked about. This is something different for us that we're still like, what? Like, wow, we're kind of a little bit mind blown by it. But what do we need in the form of validation? And whatever you might think you need, 
Is that ever going to happen? And should you be looking for validation or kind of the payout in other ways and recognize that, you know what, I'm probably not ever going to get it from the world? Yeah. And and thinking about it, that it's, it's, again, it's not an expectation that you have, but you need to recognize what you need to keep fueling you to serve and serve harder. This is totally different. Well, kind of different. But I started thinking about this because we have Get Your Teach On and we have these conferences and we have our book and we have all of these things that teachers are doing that, that, that really fuel me to continue to serve adults. Mm-hmm. So we serve children and we serve adults in what we do. And I started thinking, I was like, you know what? It is pretty similar in the, in the same aspect of what am I looking for to, to serve harder, to stay up later, to have people like Brad come to Atlanta and sacrifice three whole days to plan out these initiatives that we want to do and to serve our community better. And it came down to the same thing. It came down to instead of the students just showing that feedback or that excitement or, hey, M- M- Mr. King, that was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Now what we do is we, we, we see the adults doing it. We see mm-hmm. the teachers out there who are doing that, who, who are implementing these strategies or these lessons. And it's something as simple as just sliding into the messages and saying, oh my gosh, I listened to this podcast. My husband listened to Every it too. Every time I get one of those. And I'm no just idea. like, holy cow, that this is a real human being that this t- touched their life, their family. They're sp- like, oh my gosh, y'all, believe it or not, I don't like talking a lot. And so doing a podcast is, I like doing it, but it's not some, it's not one of my favorite, like I don't get amped up to do it. What I get amped up to do is share and to, and to speak with my community. And so when we get those type of messages and we see other t- other students and teachers classes just having a ball and a blast from things that we've shared with you guys that fuels us right so what does this mean for you? And I think that one of the biggest things is when you start recognizing what it is that you need in return and recognizing that it is okay to need things in return, that you should not just be serving others with the mindset that I don't need anything back. Hmm. I don't need anything. You won't last long. What? You need something in return, yeah. right? But recognizing like for me, you know, it kind of almost is like, you know, the, what is it called? The seven love languages or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, recognizing that, wow, really for me, it's words of affirmation from my kids specifically, but how can I be those words of affirmation for other people, for right. other educators yes. in my communities, in Ooh, my buildings to there. where they might not be receiving mm-hmm. what they need in return to keep them going. And I could be the one to do that. And we've talked a lot about the power of words and the power of our actions and the way that we treat others. But just thinking that, you know, everybody is walking into these school buildings. And last week we talked with, you know, Dave Burgess about how... Rising tide. Thank you. Rising yep. rising the tide. When the tide rises, all ships rise, essentially. That's right. And are you doing things to help all ships continue to rise? And so this also goes back, you know, that ties in directly to that. It with, does. With just validating one another. Yeah, when when, when you realize what, what you need to continue to serve... That enables you to recognize what other people, mm-hmm. what, yeah, what other people may need in, in the same light. And to be a better servant, you need to recognize those, and you need to be able to pour back into those people. And I promise you, if we start doing this more in the educational community, the tide will rise for all ships. Longer, I mean, oh my, I don't understand why people are being negative. I, teachers out there who are comparing other teachers. Well, they're exhausted. I, I, mean, I know that's part of it. I, I get it. They're, they're, they're tired, but everybody's in this in this same ocean together. Mm-hmm. It's time to, yes, you, you, you can be frustrated. Yes, you can be annoyed. 
But the negativity and the disgruntledness. That should never got, go towards another educator. It should never do because that. Because they're in the same exact, we're all in the same we're, ship. We're all, all in the same yeah, boat. All you know? of these people are in the same boat right yeah. now. Like, what does that do for the educational ship? It right. sinks it. Right. Why are we doing that? And so, you know, I mean, that's part of the benefits. And, you know, we talk a lot about self-care is not just a bubble bath. And while that might be something <laughs> that you enjoy, we know we've already discovered Wade loves a good bath bomb. Not as much anymore. I don't know why. It has been a thing of the past. When you're talking about, you know, self-care, part of self-care is recognizing and being in tune with yourself Mm -hmm. to know what you need to be fulfilled, to Mm -hmm. feel re-energized, to feel joy, right? Self-care is more about an awareness of your own individual needs and then creating the space and time to be able to get those needs fulfilled. And so for me, it's almost like part of my self-care is recognizing what I need in return from the people that I'm serving. And and what I tend to find and what I found in our conversation is that when you recognize what it is that you need, you start seeing it more. You do. Like I started thinking about more situations with students that these things, these conversations were happening or these reactions were happening or these moments were happening. You know, I don't just do a room transformation to set up my room in a fun way, right? I'm doing it to serve my students and teach them in a completely different way that hopefully is going to like spark some fires in that brain and get them excited about what we're going to learn. And so I'm not doing that. And then not expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. I want to see the kids be excited. I want to see them enjoy learning. But I think sometimes we get so caught up in the act of service that we forget to stop and kind of, like they say, stop and smell the roses. You stop and take in the appreciation. Because it. it happens so quickly, you'll yeah. miss it. Yeah. You'll and, miss it. And, and then you won't even, you won't get that to fuel your soul. Oh, man. I mean, that's so deep because if you don't stop and you don't try to recognize it, you're literally going through the motions. Yeah. And you're, you're expecting something that's really never, ever going to happen when the appreciation is being shown in all types of ways. You're missing it. You're missing it. Yeah. And you're, you're missing it, and you're, you're not there. I, I mean, I go back to our Get Your Teach On conferences, and I will never forget, um, I was doing a music session, and I was having a blast. Yeah. Um, it was so much fun. And there was one more individual who, he wanted to share his song. He was a little hesitant. I mean, we were out of time, and... He was so scared. He came up. He was shaking. I said, sure, we can come. We can do it one more time. And he runs up to the stage, and I'm up there with him, and, and Katie Mullins is up there as well, and, and we, we, we do a song, and he just was overcome with emotion at the end. He was smiling. He kind of grabbed his face, but everybody in that room just stood up. They had tears in their eyes. They were applauding, and that at the end of the day, I was like, "Man, Wade has talked about that story. I can't even tell you." It is my favorite story, but we all have those stories of, of children in our classroom, of of moments that we have to recognize. Hey, this could be an opportunity for somebody, but it takes you to stop for a second to put yourself in second place to recognize what's actually happening, what's going on to provide those opportunities. Yes, you, you'll get something out of it, but if, you, if you're not recognizing what the opportunity is, it, it, it'll never happen. Yeah. Don't miss the moments right. that make the sacrifice of service mm-hmm. worth it. Mm-hmm. Don't miss those moments and don't feel like you're being selfish by expecting those moments. Right. 
right? And you're not. And so that can be some of the benefits of serving, but I think that a lot of times we miss out on the benefits of serving because we're on to the next act, act of service before right. we ever actually reap the benefits of the first one. And making sure that we're looking for those benefits, for whatever is going to fuel our soul in the right places, the places that we can hopefully have a little bit of control of um, that we're yeah. going to see consistently that's going to fuel us. And something I just kind of want to circle back to is, I mean, God didn't want us to have a servant's heart for it to be a negative thing. Like right. serving is a positive thing. Right. It is a joyful thing. Yes, you're going to get things out of it, but that's what serving is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's what we're made to do. And if everybody's serving each other in the right light and understanding, hey, you will get something out of it. Don't expect anything at all, right. but know what you need to continue that and to amp it up right. even more. It's it's what we were made to do. And yeah. so I think the mindset of serving is negative. And oh my gosh, this is so hard. Oh my gosh, I'm going to stay here until 10 o'clock at night. Oh, woe is me. No, that's not what serving is. Right. Serving is to be able to empower someone else. Is it, Yes, it's selfless, but it's also selfish in some type of ways too. So I want to just kind of circle back to that as we continue on with this, because it, it's, it's one of those preconceived notions that serving is... Yes, it's difficult, but it's not a negative component to life, period. And so moving into kind of the, we've talked about the benefits of serving and making sure that we're recognizing those, but the downfall of serving, Mm. right? And I think sometimes we become confused in who or what we're actually serving. Mm. And that's where the downfall tends to happen. For example, personal story. During my first year of teaching, and really, if I'm being honest, during my first couple of years of teaching, when I look back and I really think about who or what I was serving, it was not a who, but rather a what. And I was serving the what of student achievement Mm -hmm. in the form of test scores. Mm -hmm. And when you start serving something that might not return anything to you, that becomes very dangerous. And so, you know, specifically during this time of virtual learning, which you have taught in a virtual model, right? Really stopping to think about who or what am I actually serving and staying focused on the who that you are intending to change rather than the what. Because I think that's what is happening a lot of times is we're getting so caught up in this virtual model, hybrid model that we're serving the actual distance learning rather than our students. And of course, we're not going to receive much in return with that. It's one of those things to where you have to think about what, what do your kids need? And uh, when I was teaching virtually, that's, that's exactly what I thought about. Yes. I knew I had content to get through. Yes. I already knew my kids at that time period because it's the spring, but they were coming in. I mean, half, a little over half of them would, 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 uh, just jump in on the zoom and the, the, what Schoology, yes, Schoology at the time, but they were just, you, you could tell in their eyes that they were just so exhausted from having to stare at the screen for so long for, for, for having to get all this work done. And, and just being able to talk with them as they come in and joke around with them a little bit, it wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. But they so much appreciated that. And it's it, again, it goes, goes back to the who instead of what. What It's not what we're trying to get out of them. Yeah. It's who are we trying to impact and who are we trying to help. You're not serving the Zoom. You're not serving just the standards. It's the who, like yeah. you said, the who, and recognizing that each one of those individual students right. needs something mm-hmm. different. And that's the difficult part about teaching and being a servant because you're not just serving one type of student. You're serving <laughs> many different types of students. And so I think a, a lot of times, again, just with the downfalls of servanthood is that we become so consumed 
in the the what that we're trying to do rather than who that we're trying to serve is that we start working harder and harder and harder and harder and harder and harder and harder, but we're looking for outcome in all of the wrong places as a servant. And are our intentions, and I don't mean this a bad way, because my intentions in my mind those first few years were pure. Of course, yes, I'm in this to to serve kids, but am I really? Really being honest with yourself about in this moment, who or what am I serving? And am I serving the right thing, right? Am I providing a service to the right thing that I'm trying to to benefit, trying to help, trying to push forward, right? And so that's that can become very difficult. And I think a lot of times can become very cloudy, especially in education when we become focused on the problem. Because yeah. a lot of times as teachers, we see all these different teacher problems happening. Well, are we starting to serve the problem rather than our student? Mm-hmm. And then that's where things start to get kind of fuzzy and gray, and that's where a lot of frustration hits. Yeah, you'll never fix all the problems. Yes, you you have to address them, obviously. Yes, your your kids need to do well and they need to learn, but serving needs to have more of a grounded root so so we can make sure that 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 we want the outcomes to, to bear the fruit that will benefit the children, benefit the teachers, benefit them as individuals. And then you can tackle those issues and fix those teacher problems as much as you can, because you can only control what you can control. But I mean, servanthood, it's hard. And we're, we're saying this because you're not always going to get out what you think you may get out. And so more often than not, you, you won't receive the praise. You won't receive what you're looking for. And that's okay. That's what servanthood is. Be- because again, it's not an expectation. Mm-hmm. It's what are you looking for? What are those moments that you're looking for to continue to fuel you? Not an expectation. And so I think that's the da- one of the downfalls too, is because we expect so much yeah. from what we do. But I think also looking at where our time goes, because I think one of the downfalls of serving is that, and serving others specifically, is there's never enough time because we can always be doing more. Mm-hmm. That's a servant's mentality. I can always be serving mm-hmm. better. I can always mm-hmm. be serving more. I can always be giving more of myself. And this is why teaching becomes a 24-7 job. That is not healthy. At some point, your servanthood needs to cut off right for your students. And again, that is not selfish. That is smart. Yeah. And so really thinking and evaluating, you know, where is my time in energy going in my in my acts of service. And I think that a lot of times if we were to sit down and make a list into where all of our energy is going into these acts of service, we would recognize that a lot of that energy isn't going into the people that we're intending to serve. Yeah. That a lot of it is being misplaced. And of course, of course we have to do things that are required of us, right? Mm-hmm. We there's certain mandates, there are certain things that we have to do, but I think there's also a lot of time that we spend again doing things that once again, the time is being misplaced. So in my mind, when I was required to do something, but I recognized that it did not serve my students, I would get it done, but I would get it done as fast and as quickly as possible. Because that's where I had to let go of. I don't really care if, for lack of a better way to say this, if my administration thinks that I'm perfect. I don't care if the district office thinks that I'm perfect. I don't care if the the viewers from the outside of my windows in the world into education think that I'm perfect. I'm not serving them. I'm serving my students. And so I'm going to pour my time and energy into the people that I am yeah. intending to serve. And, and, I, and going off of that, I mean, because you and I are very similar in that way, and I think a lot of educators are, you weren't looking to get feedback 
mm-hmm. because you weren't serving those administrators. You you weren't serving those people on the outside. You were looking for feedback from, from those kids. Right. You were looking for, for outcomes from those kids. Came. But that's where your validation came. And I think for a lot of us, that's where it is. That A lot of teachers right now, they're, they're having to work on the weekends and they're having to transfer these digital jo- documents over to Seesaw or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's great. And yeah, you may need to do some of those things. But at the end of the day, do you have to do all of those? Do you have to transition all of those? Let's say you're, you're working Saturday and Sunday night and Monday's coming around. You've been up way late on, on Saturday and Sunday night trying to get this done. You know what? Set it to the side. Mm-hmm. What's important? Getting that on Seesaw or spending time with your kids if, if, if you are virtual at that point. Spend the time with those kids. Like that's where you should get your validation from. Let them know that you see them on a Monday. And then that Monday, spend some time transitioning or transferring whatever you need to do that the that the administration has asked you to do. It's still fine. It's still going to happen. But look at where you're trying to serve. Look at who you're trying to serve. And make sure you are, especially as educators, because we are all in this, this is a service once again, mm-hmm. and make sure that you are creating your service to be something that is sustainable, mm-hmm. something that you can do long-term. And so again, just really thinking about who or what do I serve? What is it that I need in return? Where is my time and energy going into who or what I'm trying to serve? And is it going in the places that I'm intending for it to go? Mm-hmm. Really evaluating your service, right? right. And, and what it is that you're giving to others. And so, and finally, the thing that we really recognize when we were talking about being, you know, in this service area and being a teacher with a servant's heart, because mm-hmm. that's what we all have, mm-hmm. recognizing that we don't all serve in the same way. No, we don't. When we really started to to identify who we were as a teacher and recognizing that as a teacher, I am a servant. I serve others, right? I have a service heart. Which um, is every teacher. Which is every single teacher. Mm-hmm. But recognizing that the way in which I serve, for me, um, we actually did this whole activity with Brad. It's really cool. I don't know. I, I, we need to find a way for administrators to be able to do this with your teachers because we learned a lot. You just need to be Brad right? so I get you um, <laughs> Right. He can do a whole session on it. But, um, <laughs> but no, we had these cards and we were doing all these different things. But for me, I recognize that, you know, my service comes in the form of what you would call magic, which is kind of funny because we always talk about educators being magic makers, right. right? But maybe not all educators are magic makers because when you look at really what makes a magician, recognizing that that is very specific in certain qualities and traits that I possess, but Wade does not. Yeah, I mean, to, to a degree I do, I would think, but I'm more of an innovator. Um, I'm, I'm transitioning. I'm seeing what my kids need. If Hope will create these magical lessons, but if I need to do that, I'm going to hope. If I need to do music, I'm doing music. If I'm going to play a game, I'm going to play a game. If I'm going to do some type of debate, I'm going to do that because I'm always switching and trying to see what I need to do and what I need to pull in. But what we have found is we, we recognize what type of teachers we are, but then we started to think about, man, what, what about our community of educators? Mm-hmm. Then we were like, oh, crap. We've been talking to mostly the magic makers out there yeah. and the innovators, what about these other types of, of servants, right. teachers, who we're not even trying to tap into? Which we've really started to recognize because— It, it was a shift. For example, our friend Shivy and our friend Sarah, mm. when we looked at really how are they being those, it's through advocacy, right? Advocacy, And it yes. doesn't mean that we don't advocate. It doesn't mean that just right. because you are an innovator or you are an advocate doesn't mean that you don't make magic for your kids. But it's really looking at how— 
we are all servants. We are all really Amy, innovators. Amy Lemons, we we found, we were like she's a creative. She's a creative. Yeah. she's a creator. That's how she serves. Cassie Stevens, other she's an artist. Yeah. and so we were like, holy. This cow, is what we've been talking about for so long about nuts. your go-to thing. Yes, but recognizing that you know, I was I just kept saying, wow, because in college, as maybe your experience was different, but in college, I feel like. When you think about a teacher, they're trying to create that one size fits all model. That one, this is one, there is one type of teacher. Here mm-hmm. is the box. This is what you must fit in. And I'm like, but no, because the way in which we serve looks completely different. And if we're all trying to serve in the same way, which is why I really, we really started thinking about, wow. Are we talking to other teachers when we are serving you guys and serving this community? Are we speaking to one one teacher, one and, one mold, one model of? And, and, and what we, we we came to this conclusion of. Mostly yes, but not entirely, because then we started looking at our Get Your Teach On team. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, we we are pretty diverse in that area of different types of servants when it comes to our Get Your Teach On conferences. Mm -hmm. As a whole, are we? We can do way better in that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it it really hit me also that this affects our personal lives, too. I mean— why did we reach out to Brad? Well, we wanted to innovate. Mm-hmm. We, we wanted to continue. And that's one of the ways that we serve. And so surrounding your people with, pe- with, with other individuals who, who serve in a different way than you do is so important because Which you have to recognize those things. Exactly why I don't understand why when people are, critici- why people criti- are criticizing specific teaching methods, there is nothing wrong with that individual's teaching method. It is this. They serve in a different way and right. capacity than you do. And so hopefully that might be able to open your eyes. You know, hopefully. last week we talked to difficult about difficult colleagues. Maybe that'll help open your eyes to a really difficult yep. colleague that you're really struggling with. Maybe this is a different way to see it. Well, you, I, I hope so. This, this individual and this I, helps. like if Wade and I did not see eye to eye and we were struggling as colleagues, well, that is probably because Wade serves a completely different way mm-hmm. than I do. But that does not mean that it is a wrong way. It right. just is his own unique way of providing that service. And we have talked around about this a lot, about mm-hmm. your go-to thing and using your go-to thing and in your, your classroom, but mm-hmm. really recognizing But that is really what is driving your service. That is what is driving how you serve your students every single day. And so I really encourage you, you know, as we really work in education, if we are going to change the game of education, it is going to take all of us, right? Every and last so one of us. The first common ground that we have to have is respect for one another. So this is just kind of a different way to look at our colleagues and the people in our building and start really recognizing how are they serving their students? What does it look like that might be different than me? Because if I went into a school and expected, you know, and talk to everybody one way and expected for everybody to serve in the form of magic, which is what I do, which is right. kind of, you know, where you take things and you're able to create something new from it and manipulating different ideas, then that would be a horrible place. It'd be yeah. all the same people. All we would all clash type, and yeah, not be able to work. offer one another anything and not really stand room for much growth. And so I think that's also great for kids because just like when people come to our Get Your Teach On conferences and they identify with different presenters more so than another, that doesn't make the other person wrong. That means that our students need to be able to identify with lots of different people in our building. And so yeah. recognizing that, that if you're not seeing eye to eye, are you expecting them to serve in the same way that you do? And that might be where the problem lies. Yeah. And if you are expecting that, it's never going to happen because not everybody's the same. Or it'd make them miserable. And then they're going to be a miserable person. So what would you rather have? So we just really wanted to really kind of start unpacking the fact that, yes, as a teacher, we are we are ser- providing a service for our yep. students, right? What does that mean for us? How does that impact our 
our daily emotions? How does that impact our daily feelings? How does that impact the way that we see one another? And ultimately making sure that, you know, we are continuing to have that self-care and find ways to fulfill our own values and the things that we need while we are also serving others. It doesn't mean Serving others does not mean that you have to, you should, or that you do have to completely empty your own cup. You should never empty your own cup because you need to keep re-energizing to serve better. And so you've got to know what re-energizes you. You've got to know what that is. And while a bubble bath is great, that's not something that's going to re-energize you long-term, right? And so really recognizing the places. Serving others will. And but recognizing the places where you're receiving the validation and the Mm -hmm. payout for that service, I think is what's so important because again, life happens so quickly that those moments pass us by in the blink of an eye. And if you're not looking for them, you're never going to find them. And you're going to be thinking, why do I do this job? Mm -hmm. Nobody appreciates me when in fact... They really do. Teachers, slow down a little bit. Slow down and recognize the importance of what you do and the impact that you have because that's what's going to continue to drive you in this field to do this insanely hard job. It's hard. That's one thing that we have to keep in mind is that we are impacting other people. we got to stop to see it, right? We've got to stop and force ourselves to see it. So that was just kind of a cool conversation that we have been having and something that we've really been reflecting on and like, wow, this is really helping to drive my purpose. And we talk a lot about our whys are constantly shifting. This mm-hmm, is a piece of that mm-hmm. as well. And so I think just stopping to really reflect is such a huge piece and kind of has been a like a common theme in yeah, a lot of these and, episodes. And continue to reflect on it. Continue to fle- reflect on it if you're listening right now in your car, yeah. if you're cleaning, if you're working out, whatever you're doing, we want you to be encouraged because we are here to support you. We're here to love on you. We're also here to remind you that, hey, serving is hard, but serving is great and serving is not always selfless. And so um, with that, I guess uh, we'll, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, if you like this episode, right? feel free in your little heart to leave yeah. a review for us. That would be amazing because we do like to hear what it is that you think. It kind of fuels um, us. It, it kind of it kind of <laughs> fuels us, guys. Also, if you're listening, you know, we always love hearing from you guys on social media. Yes. Again, I would love to know the question that I gave you earlier. Do you like to receive praise? How do you like to receive validation? What, do you what look makes for? you what fulfilled you yes. as a teacher? So share that out with share other people. Out. I think that'll get some conversation going. Make sure you tag us. Hey, Hope King. Hey, Wade King. Because I want to see what it is that you have to say because I had a struggle trying to come up with my own answer for this but keep doing what you do keep being amazing i know it doesn't always feel that what we are doing is worth it but it is very much worth it and you are too we will see you guys next time bye everybody the new edu is hosted by me wade king and me hope king the show is produced by chelsea harfush and edited by andrew weller with production support from sterling coates and chase mayo Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. The new EDU podcast is a 3% chance production.